0: Fellowship, a family on a journey, and yes, a 10-minute drive to Elmira journey. But not just the physical location change, but who are we as a church? And I, I think this is a fantastic time, first of all, to remember our roots and rethink what we want to be known as. Uh, especially with our move. It makes, it makes us ask the questions. And last week, I began uh, talking through some key um, foundations of what we've said who we are, our foundational beliefs. And I want to continue that today. But I want to talk about expectations and disappointment first. Because um, this is kind of, whoops, oops. Yeah, we talked about the introduction to Hope Fellowship. So, some of you might know this story. It was in the paper recently. Uh, this young boy in Quebec uh, asked for a Maple Leafs cake. This is what he wished for, but this is what he got. Oh, oh, my God. Do you see the problem? problem? Do you see it's not the Maple leaves he was hoping for? Yeah. Like, there's a big difference. Poor kid, not happy. This is all over social media, and it it became a very fun story. And then, out of that disappointment, yes, he still, you know, that day was all fun, but this happened. A surprise gift. Maple Leaf Foods heard about the mishap. They contacted the family and offered to send them to a Maple Leafs game in Montreal or Toronto. They chose Toronto. And also, they gave us $300 of Maple Leaf foods. Jacob was thrilled. So look at that. He's got his Maple Leafs cake now. What? Yeah, he get, yeah, get, yeah, I know. He's, he's decked out. I'm sure he he's gonna probably get high fives and meet people at the game that he goes to because of this blooper. Yeah. Sometimes bloopers and oopses in life mess us up, and some are really real. This is not just a cake gone bad. Apparently, Lori said there's like pages of like um, websites of cake bloopers yep. and all the really bad mishaps. Which I thought if I start looking, I'm gonna get so distracted. <laughs> <laughs> You know, eight, Look, a squirrel. <laughs> it's going to happen. So I didn't do that. But it made me think of this problem with the cake. This boy had no clue. He had no clue of what was coming. He presented his wish, and he got a cake. Just not the one he'd hoped for. But here's this kid. Simple wish, no control. So so far, this kid has no control. All he did was express a wish. He had no control on what was coming, got the cake, responded, and I'm sure the parents are groaning, oh my goodness. And then he also had no control over the response from Maple Leaf Foods. He has no control of the fun that he's going to have going to a game. One little wish, gone bad, led to something much bigger than he could ever dream of. Well, maybe we can look for hope in our situation here. Maybe we can look for hope in this move, this forced move, with the mall changing, with us having to relocate, everything changes. You know, now we need different sets of volunteers to do different things. Um, But maybe we can look for the good in it. And I think this new move has great potential. For us to become outward-centered instead of introverted. And I don't mean that in a personality way, but sometimes in churches they can become self-serving. They only serve their own needs. Some churches have programs only for their people. They're, you know, it's it's a very exclusive group. And this may be a chance for us to meet another church struggling. They really are. Their, Their numbers are dwindling. Um, but they want to get to know us. Do you know what it's like to have somebody wanting to get to know you? It's a rarity, but what does it do to your heart? Oh, Dan, I just got that. I'm going to be quiet. (laughs) I'll get to know you. But to, to have that attitude, like they're, they're rolling out the carpet for us in a way I am not used to. In fact, it almost feels uncomfortable. It's, this is too good. Too good to be true. Why aren't there any problems? Why aren't there any major hiccups? And the pastor and I were chatting a week or two ago. I said, this is strangely smooth. And he started, he said, I, I find this, the, how simple this is gone It's been almost effortless. And I said, like, God incidents? You know, coincidence? It's a God incidence? Yeah, like we're both kind of excited about that. You know, we're going to be in almost a multi-staff setting versus, and still not be a multi-staff church, you know, to have different people to bounce ideas off of. Uh, The very first Sunday, we're going to have potluck there. We're going to enjoy a meal. They're going to set up the gym with tables, 150 chairs, and tables? Yeah, tables. Weird. We've done that once here, I think. <laughs> Otherwise, put it on your lap and hope you don't spill. Um, that kind of fun. Um, but the change is going to come. They've invited us to help participate with the uh, Maple Serve Festival and what they're doing. So they're going to have a list of things that we can sign up for in two-hour shifts for those who want to volunteer and help with that. Um, they are focused and want to help the community. Um, I think we're going to learn some things. I think we're going to bring a gift to them and they're also going to be a gift to us. And if you look for it, you'll see it because you can't control the order. Okay, you can have a wish but you can't control the outcome. Sometimes you get what you wish for, other times you don't. It's our response that we get to control. And if we can begin to practice responding well, when a real crisis does come, we'll have already shifted our responses to a better response than just a negative reaction. This is, this is all a personal learning curve. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of a cool, fun story. Go Leafs. There we go. Got it in. All right. Hope Fellowship, our vision. To become and be a healed and whole people who are free to be themselves in Christ. Healed, sozo. This is the vision of what I like to see for each person that comes in here. They come to know who they are in Christ where they like themselves because they now know who they are, and they're free to be who they are. Is it Does it happen automatically because we have a sign up on the screen? Oh, I guess that we can just be who we want to be, and everybody's going to automatically accept us. Well, you're going to find out that's going to fail in the first five minutes it's because it takes time to learn. But if we can see this is our vision, that we see each other as whole, as Clean, righteous, excellent, loved, honored, valued. This is how Jesus sees us. So we need to see with the eyes of Christ. So this is our vision as a church, what we hope to see. And then our mission is to help people understand, believe, and experience the love of God. Because I think the love of God is misunderstood. I believe in this world, churchianity has sold a message that God's love is conditional. That it only loves you if you're a good person, if you go to church, if you give money, and if you help the poor. And that's the conditional love of God. So to unpack that and help people understand a much better, more freeing love of God towards all of us, that's big. And then to believe it, so to understand it. You can't believe it if you have a faulty understanding. You cannot believe the true love of God for what it really is if you don't understand it. So helping unpack and learn. And even from my journey, I share with, it, share with you all the time, I contrast my past, uh, what I used to believe or see, and, and just share the progression of maturing, uh, of lens changes, and sometimes completely tossing out some faulty concepts, but then retaining some of the other ones that still had good in there, but I just misunderstood it. And this is, I think all of us are going through this. We're deconstructing faulty concepts of God and discovering He is just nuts about us. Like, He really likes you. This is strange. Some of us don't even like ourselves. And to see ourselves in the mirror as Christ sees us, that we see Christ in us when we look in the mirror. Wow, I'm one with Christ. I can like that person. That is a great goal. And then, of course, to experience the love of God. So it's understanding, believing, and experiencing. Feelings matter. I kind of had a time where I thought feelings were not that important. They're just reactions to what you think in your head, which is still true. But feelings are important. Why? Because we're human. We're designed with feelings to feel, to have emotions. Um, How many times have you had your spouse, your kid, your partner... Uh, Somebody say to you, well, don't feel like that. Well, tell me what to do, and then the fight really begins. But the whole idea is to tell somebody don't feel like that is not fair. Because you're trying to control something now that you're uncomfortable with. Where maybe you've just revealed that the relationship you have, you've not established healthy conversations to express feelings and emotions. I've shown you guys the emotion chart. If you just Google it in Google pictures or images sometime, the emotions wheel or emotions feelings chart. And it takes the primary feelings and then expands them into better words and then even deeper levels. So it, we, we start to see, hey, wait a minute. My emotions are far richer than I ever dreamed and that I'm learning to express them. And in, in church... Sometimes we see some types of churches, they really express all their emotions. Woohoo! <laughs> Swing on the chandeliers, you know, all that stuff. They, they, you think, oh, they're just going by feelings. And so the, the more liturgical, quiet group, they kind of, hmm, they kind of snob their nose at, at the churches that are far more emotional. Well, you need to be more like us. You know, we use our head, we think things through theologically. The love of God, yes, it's good, you know. So, who's right and who's wrong? None. Each have value. It doesn't have to look so extreme. We've got every kind of personality here this morning. All kinds. And each one has a unique gift that they bring to just being here. It's not going to look like everybody else. So, you can't look at someone go, oh, I want to be more like them. Nah. No, no, no. Look up. Or, or look in, more accurately. Look at Christ in you. Ah. I want him to be expressed through me more. And I want to feel the love of God. I want to be able to have that emotion sense. Like there's some songs that mess up your emotions. you begin to tear up and you choke up, it happens. The love of God songs like that. You know, there's some, some lines in there. you go, oh, I'm just moved emotionally to a, by a song or a line. And it's okay. It's okay to have the tears rolling down, choke up. I get caught up here once in a while and try and fake my way out of the emotions so you can't tell I'm going to cry. And I quickly, oh, God, stop, 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 stop? Can't let them see me. <laughs> but that's silly. I think to experience the love of God requires the feelings, not just our own, but witnessing it in each person as expressed through your unique personality, and we need them all. There isn't a right or wrong personality type. So that, I think this is, this is a big, big deal. I, do you get it? I hope so. Okay. Who are we? What are our core values? The leadership team, and through some surveys, we came up with these core things of what do what we like here at church? If somebody says, so, tell me about your church. What do you like? These are the couple of things that we've recognized as pretty accurate. First of all, we accept people freely and openly. And I think we do that pretty good. We've we got room to improve, absolutely. But I like the fact that we're recognizing that in, our, in ourselves. Um, next, that we're authentic in who we are and how we relate to each other. There's not a lot of fake. You know, when I wear a suit and tie, you go, oh, funeral, Because <laughs> I don't dress up. Well, I got this thing, but I don't really do the suit thing, you know, unless I have to. Lori says you should wear a suit once in a while. Fine. So anyway, it's just funny how that works. So, but the idea of being authentic and being real, we get to be who we are, and I think that's really helpful. You know, Gord Melville comes in with his shorts in the dead of winter. You know, like, what? You know, it's just, it's just funny. He's, he's real, okay? Um, we have people who aren't the talkers. They don't like the zzzz. They're not out here saying hello to everybody. They hide in the kitchen, and they, and they, and they work And they do a loving thing that other people don't like doing but to them they find peace and joy in it okay like there's there's value to that so this is where we if we start to look we get to see all the authentic individuality here we are free from religiosity we're not caught up in in churchy language as much and if we do use theological terms, Bible terms, whatever, we try to explain what we mean by them instead of assuming everybody knows. One of the things I do at some of my funerals uh, is when we do the Lord's Prayer. And by the way, I found something really cool about the Lord's Prayer that I just never really focused on before and realized the Lord's Prayer is a group thing. It says, Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses. It's us. I always thought it was Jesus trying to teach, you know, here's how we should pray, so you're supposed to personalize it each time. It was a group thing to show the need of community. I, I, I caught that. one. went, oh my goodness, that's so cool. So, when I do a funeral now, Instead of, and this is where the religiosity part comes in, because I know some churches, they have their liturgy, they have things that happen exactly at the same time, a response they have to give, and may the Lord bless you, and the people say, and with you. But if you don't know that stuff, you're going, oh, what? What just happened? What? Where does it say that? How am I supposed to know what to do? And that's hard, okay? And I think we're going to see that in this new place too. They're going to have some of that there, because they they have some tradition that we're not used to. And so they're going to have to learn to communicate better. And likewise, so do we. So when I do these funerals, I'll say, folks, those who would like to join me in the Lord's Prayer, please do so now. Religiosity will say, you just start the prayer, you better catch up, you know. This is like, sorry. And some churches are like that. There's a the time you say the Lord's Prayer, and you better catch up. Okay, stand, sit, stand, sit. What? what is this? You know, I don't know. But I want people to feel warm welcomed, um, not embarrassed or shamed, because people come in with a lot of shame issues. I'm a professional at that. That's my whole background. Shame is my go-to feeling when I think something's wrong. It's just something I'm working on and half have for a long time, mostly from all the crap I've gone through, but I'm learning to walk through it. And if, if that's a default emotion that people have, then why feed that unnecessarily? Let's help people. Somebody comes in, hey, do you want a coffee? You know, um, we tell them right away, we've got great coffee, so take it to your seat and it's totally fine. Where religiosity says, this is a sanctuary, you do not bring food in here. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather see the spots in the rug because it's proof someone was here. Unless it's the same person, the same seat, constantly knocking over the cup. I know where you sit, we've cleaned your spot several times. (laughs) I'm so kidding. Don Marriott is the carpet cleaning master, and he just, we don't care, it gets cleaned, it comes up, big deal, just might take an extra long time, but it gets done, so what? I remember one church I was in, um, kind of very traditional, and they were getting really upset about messes that were being left, and uh, the pastor, um, Harvey Stickley was his name, he's passed away. Um, he was a saint. He taught me about religiosity. Oh, I'll tell you the funny part first. (laughs) No, no, I'll tell you that second. The messes. The messes. He told the leaders, and this is an old retired guy, like really old retired dude, brethren in Christ, you know, almost stodgy kind of guy, but he cared about people. I think that as he got older, that happened much faster. He softened greatly to the hearts of people. And he said... What's wrong with the mess? If we have no mess, that means we have no people. The mess is evidence of participation. And I went, ooh, that was good. Here's the funny part. So, church pews, which this place has, that we're going to. um, Owen's going to like this. (laughs) Now you know where I'm going. <laughs> so youth group sat in the front area, and uh, we had one, one kid there who, the, the song had just ended, the pastor was about to pray, and suddenly, forgive me for saying this, but one youth just rips one. It, it wasn't just a squeak. It was a rumble effect off of a pew with Echo. Like, nobody, everybody, you just, it it was so obvious. And so the pastor stops because he almost didn't quite get started. And he taught me something in this moment. He said, Huh, happens, eh? To all of us. And then went right to pray. He addressed it with humor, dignity, no shame and went right on, continuing. I will never forget that story. I was there. <laughs> so be glad for plastic seats. <laughs> anyway, but that's where the religiosity thing comes from. I, I don't want that. When, I'm, when I meet people, I, people say, are you Reverend Mike Zenker? Oh, I don't call me names. Just call me Mike. You know, this is I'm Mike. Sometimes people call me Pastor Mike, and that's fine. But after a few Pastor Mikes, it better be you better get to just Mike, okay? Because I'm like you. We're the same. Just because I'm teaching, that's just a role I have. But as far as value, we're equal, and I think it's really, really important. So I didn't realize how important this freedom from religiosity was. We have great respect for the truth of the Bible. We love the Bible. And we're unpacking so many truths. We're discovering some some ways to read the Scriptures. We're discovering more history that is adding and shedding better light on how we interpret the Scriptures. We're not dogmatic in it, and I think that's really fresh, really important too. We're aware that the grace of God is the single greatest uniqueness of Christianity. What is grace? Grace. I think grace is a, Grace is not just um, a piece of the pie. you know well let's move on to another topic. What other topic? There is no other topic but grace. It just looks like grace in forgiveness, Grace in healing, Grace in understanding the parables. Grace is the shell holding the whole pie together. And again, this has been sixteen years of discovering what grace is and who grace is. Grace is a person. It's not a thing, it's not a doctrine. And I, I think that's, this, that's what makes Hope Fellowship unique because people are asking, what are you doing different? You're coming to a little town that's really churched, okay? There's a lot of churches there, all right? Really staunch, churched community. What makes us unique? I think this is part of it in the lens we bring. Um, The love of God is what lubricates our human relationships. This is what inspires. This keeps us connected. It keeps us um, almost frictionless if the love of God is flowing through us. Because friction happens when we reject and try to control and are hurt. But the love of God can come and help heal and restore relationships. We shouldn't be afraid of offending somebody. Um, let Let me rephrase that. Nope. Don't be afraid of conflict, okay? You're going to offend somebody. You're either going to offend somebody, they're going to say, oh, it's all right. No, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine, fine. You know, like people will lie. They'll say it's fine when really they're offended. So, again, to not be afraid of conflict, realize that we're going to have differences of opinion, we need to learn how to talk it through. Learn how to fight fair. There is room for fighting. Just be fair. And don't be a jerk about it. There needs to be ways to express differences of opinion. Otherwise, you're not a real family. Every family here has animated discussions at home. Fighting. <laughs> right? Right? Every, every single family, everybody has animated discussions. Some are very unhealthy, others are healthy. If you have unhealthy ones, get help, in all seriousness. We also allow people to discover the love of God, which transforms hearts and motivates action. It's the love of God that motivates us. We don't tell people to love God more. We show them God loved them first. It's his, God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Repentance is like a change of mind, not a confession of sin. Repentance means changing your mind. Do a full 180. Far more beautiful. No guilt attached to that. Pure freedom. What inspires us? These are the inspirational verses that have been the foundation at Hope Fellowship. It began when it was launched 26 years ago-ish, something like that, in Jeremiah 29-11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's why this church is called Hope Fellowship. This is the verse. Now, you could get a little over-analytical and say, but that's an old covenant verse. You can't claim that verse as, as for today. Oh, stop it. We're not using it as a claiming verse. It's inspiration instead. We can find much inspiration in the old covenant, and it's good. Take it with wisdom and realize that he has plans for us. It says, for I know. This is God saying, I know the plans I have for you. He's got plans for us. There's another verse in in Philippians that says, it's God who inspires us, giving us the desire and the will and the power to do what pleases him. How is that different from this? This is exactly the same thing. That's Hebrew translated in English. The other one's Greek or Aramaic. So what? Same spirit. Same inspiration. God's got stuff up his sleeve for us. And I think he's smirking. I think he's going, (laughs) they have no idea what's coming. This is going to be fun. Watch this, guys. Come on. This is going to be fun. I, I think that's, the joy of the Spirit, joy of the Trinity seeing us because he has so many things planned. Our problem is we think too small. way too small. God can't be that good or that big or that generous. Flip it. What if He is? Oh he is. Another inspiration. I think this is the New Testament counterpart to this, about a hope and a future. Listen to this. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Dun, 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 dun. Old Testament, new, old, new, old, new. He said he's going to give us a hope in a future. If you want to play the covenant thing, this is before Christ, this covenant, fine. But this is under the new covenant. It's happened now. We have the hope in us. And it's no longer a secret. He is still the inspiration. You can look up these other verses later. Uh, Galatians 4.19, 1 John 2.12-14, uh, Ephesians 4.14-16, 4, Colossians 1.27, which is that one. Galatians 2.20. These are inspirational verses to remind us of who we are in Christ. Our identity in Christ, I believe, is the single most important thing this church can teach one another and the community. That's, I think that is the gift. And each one of us carries it with us wherever we go. And I think that's really important. Our logo. This is our plan if you want to talk about the journey of growing. Uh, we have a little seed here. Looks like a kidney, but anyway, it's a seed. And this is a, a, a sprout or a whatever little tree lit thingy. And this is, of course, the full tree. But. It's on the wall there, and stop asking us to tear it off the wall. Okay, some people say, can we cut that out of the wall? No, we can't cut the wall open and bring it with us. It's really funny that people are actually asking that. It's really funny, even last Sunday still. It's like, no, it's part of the building. <laughs> we can only take our doors. We can't take the wall. It's just really funny. But it does say this. People are valuing that. That's the truth. So we're having some discussions of maybe having a big banner printed with that on it and just have it with us. And it's portable. And I think that's pretty cool. But the logo, this is, this is a vision of how we want everyone to grow. And I'm going to show you the, the different thingies here. So this is a seed. This is coming from 1 John, I think, 2. It says, I speak to you children because you know your sins are forgiven. Then it says, I speak to you, young adults, because you've overcome the evil one. And then it says, I speak to you adults, because you know him who has been from the beginning. And then it repeats it. I speak to you children. I speak to you young adults. I speak to you fathers or adults. This is the only blunt picture of maturing I see in scripture. We have been called to grow up into Christ, to mature. All of us, in fact, that's what those verses are that we just saw. They are verses that that show where the Scripture says, we're called to grow up. Don't stay as you are. You're called to continually grow, continually change. Change has to happen all the time or there's a problem. So the seed is knowing we're forgiven. I speak to you children because you know your sins are forgiven. Not can be. It says sins are forgiven. We're forgiven. But, but I thought it was up to me to pray really hard and go through a set of rituals, and then I can feel forgiven. Well, that's two different things. If you want to feel forgiven, you need to believe that you are. No ritual is going to get you there. Otherwise, you're just faking it. You're lying to yourself. This is about knowing your identity in Christ, knowing who your Father is. I speak to you, children, because you know Who your father is. Everybody needs to know who their father is. Children need to know who their father is. It's a big longing. This is this is identity. The sapling. The chance to grow and and sprout and and you know how your skinny little trees, the wind comes and it's all flopping in the wind and all that. Well, that's what a little sapling does, and it's not strong enough to hold fruit. But then, and by the way, at this 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 stage, I uh, hate to break to everybody. I think this is the longest stage. <laughs> I really do. I think many people think they're here. When ah, you got, In fact, there are many people who think they're here and are not even past this yet. They don't believe they're forgiven. They think they have to do all this work to get right with God. And it's all pre-baby stage. They think they're here because they've jumped ahead and read a manual and tried to follow a list. I can follow a list. You can follow a list. But guess what you don't need when you have a list? Faith. You don't need God. Why? Well, you just follow the rules. That's why the Old Testament rules are not for you and I. God never meant that for them. They chose it. Fine, I'm going to give you into this. But I'm going to hijack your, your false notion, and I'm going to redeem it, and I'm going to show my Redeemer in that mess of bad choices. God's in it. <laughs> he turned it around at the cross. The Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Spirit, submitted to mankind. Can you believe that? I thought we're supposed to submit to God. Well, we are. But did you know God submitted to you and me? What kind of God can do that? What kind of God could submit? Somebody's very secure in themselves. A God who's very secure. And cares so much more for those who don't see it and will do anything to help them understand the love of God so they can experience it. That's why he sent Jesus. This is overcoming the evil one. Learning the practice of getting over some habits that are not helpful in our lives. Changing our language and how we speak to one another. This is all part of the maturing process. We haven't got it all right. And may your hearts be softened so you get to see and hear what you need to work on because that's what the Holy Spirit's going to do in you. So we grow and mature. And then, of course, we grow to bear fruit. I speak to you fathers, it says. I speak to you adults because you know Him who's been from the beginning. Well, the book of John talks about He who has been from the beginning. This is about knowing Trinity. This This is not about... Performing, this is about um, uh, us, togetherness, participation with God in Trinity. Not trying to appease and get Him closer, but to live together as one, seeing others in union. This is incredible. And we bear fruit. We become branches of shade for those who are the saplings. You know, how many times have. For those who have older kids or have, those who've had teenagers and are not teenagers now, or unless they still are, then oh well, you'll notice this is still true. There's a lot of awkward things that go on in the teenage stage, especially starting at 10, depending on when hormones begin to change. Oh my goodness, it happens earlier for girls and a lot later for guys. And anyway, that's just true. <laughs> but there's all the awkwardness um, you hear a story and you believe it. Your teacher tells you something and now you believe it's absolutely true. You come home and tell your parents. They go, what? And, and the kids are trying to figure out what, tr- what is true. They question everything. Why? 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 They want to be more right. They're trying to find their place. their grounding. And it drives parents nuts. It totally does. You know, I had, to, uh, I had to stop doing this, but I used to pull out the dad card and stop. Why? Dad card. That's it. I'm pulling rank. Boy, did I get in trouble later when I realized they're too old for the dad card. (laughs) I ate humble pie. I'm used to it now. A little ketchup, it's fine. But the whole idea of the stages, give them room. Because for a child, we have a little one over here. She's 15 months old. Really super, super cute. She's doing great, by the way you know does anybody get mad at her for running around tapping a water bottle no why not cuz she's a baby a little one they do that okay nobody gets mad at a kid for filling their diaper why cuz it's normal you expect that there'd be a problem if they weren't right same thing with teenagers why are we mad at teenagers for being a teenager in fact how many parents have said, act your age? Are you ready for the smart aleck comeback? What does that mean? I've never been this old before. I thought it was funny. Fine. You can use that at your current age, wherever you are. <laughs> but we don't get mad at them for being teenage. Well, we do, but we, sh- we, we shouldn't. Our expectations should not be higher. In the same way, when we use language, we don't use adult language to a baby. We don't say, Please turn over the engine with that key in the ignition to the 15 month old. We go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the language. All right? We don't, and for teenagers, we don't use words like soteriology and in all sorts of big words of theological terms, we use normal language so they know what we're talking about. And for adults, those who are mature will not judge the teens for being teens. They will not judge negatively the children for being children. We're going to be gracious to one another. Teens will not be upset with children for being children, although (laughs) they're still wrestling. But you know what I mean. The, The idea is grace for every stage. And when we can see through the eyes of Christ that different people are different stages and it's okay, there's no competition. There is no competition. It isn't the same finish line. It gives us patience and not trying to correct everyone all the time. I think that's what religion has done. We, we try to be more right than everyone else. When it's not about being right, how about being more loving than everyone else? Get that one right and everything else falls into place. This is what I want Hope Fellowship to be about. And next week we're going to talk about the journey and uh, some of the key foundations that we've come to believe. And these are some of the most exciting revelations that I've personally uh, come to see. And I've heard from many of you, Yeah, when I learned that, oh my goodness, so much more freedom. It was so amazing. So that'll be next week. It'll be a lot of fun. So who are we as a church? The stuff I've just shared with you is just some of the stuff we've commonly agreed on. But you are the church. I am the church. Not this location. Going to Elmira, it's just a location. We're still the church. Saints indwelt with Christ. With the full capacity to love everyone. And the full capacity to forgive everyone and the full capacity to confront what is wrong. That's what the love of God does. Let's enjoy next week. Father, thank you for this morning.